0: And former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios,
1: Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCrady. that is Tyler Siski here on this Thursday afternoon. It's july the twenty seventh most preseason camps begin in about a week, so we're getting close to football. I guess the teams that do week zero games they'll get started this weekend like We have football'
2: flying seven days from today, yeah, that'll be the Giants and the Browns in the Hall of Fame game. Oh, is that already a week we'll away seven days away, boss you are kidding yeah i'm I'm giddy. How about that? Like this is what my like – I'm I'm ready to go. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're – Got a little juice. Glad you're in a good mood. Glad you're happy. And I got my I, I like Rain it.
1: Kiwi blend today too. I, mean, I, I, I cheer for you and your happiness. You know that. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 200 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Former uh, Temple and Georgia Tech Coach, longtime defensive coordinator Jeff Collins will join in about ten minutes or so. We'll talk uh we'll talk with him and uh we'll go over the SEC East question marks. We did SEC West question marks on uh Monday. So I think we'll he's do, gonna, do gonna do that East. with us too. Oh, Jeff's gonna do
2: yes yeah. question marks with us. Yeah, okay, cool. he um so and we'll talk about it. I guess I can give a little we'll give a little bit of uh I'll do a big introduction when it gets here, but I've known Jeff for a long time, coached against him. I guess that's when I first started, you know, knowing him. And we recruited the same area, so I got to meet him on the road. Um, and this has been, what, 15, shoot, a long time ago, when he was at. I think FIU may have been the first time that we started uh, getting to know each other, but just a stud of a human being. Um, unbelievable ball coach. Great, great, great. He's a top three defensive mind in my generation. Um, for sure, easy. Um, phenomenal recruiter, the whole deal. Um, he's been a head coach and I've been trying to get him on because he'll be a great, a a phenomenal interview. He's just a stud. I'm excited. We, uh, we're getting him on. Um, but, uh, he, (laughs) we'll, we'll, I'll wait, we'll tell some, we'll tell some stories when he gets on here.
1: So yesterday in the halls of Congress, (laughs) in the capital of our (laughs) nation, people under oath, former heads of like departments and stuff yeah said that not only not only have we discovered alien spacecraft but that we have also retrieved biological matter from non-humans
2: in that craft this is, this is probably uh, I'm, I'm a little uh, edgy right i got to tell you my whole, I was telling your Laura. When we were kids, that's a big story. Yeah. When I was walking in the door, I saw Laura, your wife. <laughs> you and I said, I'm getting, I am I think I'm having like the last 48 hours, I'm having this, I feel like I'm the old man, not only been yelling at cloud, I'm like, old man, yelling at cloud, get off my lawn, and who's the cock guy <laughs> driving fast down the street with his music loud? Yeah. And we're going to talk about an article here in a minute, it's just like, we've, we've I go home yesterday. I see the stuff on social media while well, I'm at work yesterday. Yeah. So I go home. I, I told you I've turned away from the news, right? Right. But I do record NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt in case I want to watch something. I understand it's not. It's always been a very liberal network. It's okay. Pick your thing. I like Lester Holt. Okay. Okay? All right. I feel like there's part of me that goes, man, that voice... Makes me feel like he's telling me the truth. You know what I mean? I got you. It's just the voice. I got you. Call me weird. I got you. He's talented, so, talented anchor. I get, on, I get on expecting to. Let's see what Lester, my man Lester Holtz, has to say about aliens today. First lead story was Hunter Biden, uh, which this is when I was in Twilight Zone, was the Hunter Biden plea deal. Well, I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna take up for Hunter Biden. No, I thought I was watching Fox News. They're burying the Bidens, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Yeah. Second story is the heat wave. We got a heat wave, you know, going on. Summer. Then we had uh, every summer. Yeah, every shocker. <laughs> it's August, <laughs> or it's July. It's about to be August. It's hot outside. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. All right. Then we go to, uh, and then we go to uh, inflation, and the uh, interest rates got raised yesterday. And then we go to a story about a cop releasing a dog on a guy. Nowhere in the mention of a 30-minute news segment, nowhere mentioned, was that in Congress, a yeah. government official under, it, oath. under oath admits that not only do we have crashed spacecraft, but we retrieve the bodies that are non-human out of those spacecraft. Nowhere to be seen. Like What the hell are we doing? It feels like that should be the lead. <laughs> I mean, this is a big story. It doesn't even make the 30-minute window. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I don't know. I don't get it. I'm sorry, Mom That's two F bombs in the first eleven minutes. It's aliens. I mean Oh, there's my guy already. There's your guy. He he's he's ready to talk aliens. But like I mean, what are we doing? He heard the second F bomb. He came in for the rescue is what it was. There he is. Jeff, can you hear What's
1: me? Up, guys? Hey, Jeff, can you hear us?
3: We can't. I can.
2: Oh,
1: okay, good. Uh, your, your boy Tyler here is, uh, is is very worked up. He's he's very upset. Maybe you can bring him. You can you can get him off the edge. He's very concerned um, about uh, his friend Lester Holt at uh, NBC Nightly News not diving into the uh, discovery that of uh, alien bodies from alien uh, spacecraft. That, uh, that did not make the news yesterday, and, and Tyler's very upset about
3: it. <laughs> Understandable, I get it. I mean, we got, we got
2: heat waves, we got, you know, we got recessions, we got interest rates, we got Hunter Biden, but no aliens. I mean, I don't know what kind of world we're getting to there, Jeff. Look at that, I fixed it. Look you at did, that. look at that. Te- look at that. Techno guru. Well, let me give my man, Jeff, a proper interview here, okay, uh, intro here. I'm just excited I fixed something. I, I'm so excited right now, I don't know what to do. It's amazing. I know, go ahead. So we have Jeff Collins, the former head football coach at Georgia Tech, former football coach at Temple, former defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, former defensive coordinator at the Florida Gators and the FIU Panthers. And uh and I and I'm going to embarrass him here. I did this before you got on, but I'll do it in front of everybody. Uh one of the top 3 defensive minds I think in my in my generation just is difficult to prepare for and and as I would like to say, he's also the minister of mayhem. That's the guy.
3: I appreciate it, Tyler.
2: How are we doing, brother?
3: I'm doing great, man. Doing great. All I right. appreciate y'all having me on. I know we've tried to do this for a while, uh, so I'm glad I finally got to get on here.
1: I'm curious, because this is, this is a summer where you're not grinding for a camp right now. Is, it, is I'm, I'm sure there's a part of you that misses it. Is there a part of you that will admit out loud that, you know what, this isn't so bad for a, a, just a kind of a mental break. I mean, you look – I've seen pictures of some head coaches, and I was just at SEC Media Days, and I watched them walk through, and some of those cats look like they have been through, like, a lot of trauma in the last few weeks. And you look, you look young and refreshed, and your, your, your skin's glowing. I mean, you look, you look yeah. good. I mean, you got to so feel good, right?
3: I feel great. Uh, I will admit, you know, with SEC media days and uh, Big Ten media days happening right now, you know, the juices start flowing because this will be the first time I've not been in a preseason football camp since I was 14 years old. So the, the, you know, natural rhythm and biological, you know, kind of deal is it's kicking in pretty heavy right now. I literally just got a text from my wife. Um, She's off with my daughter doing some errands. Hey, are you okay? You seem a little, uh, amped up this morning and I'm like, no, baby, I'm good. We're all good. Um, but so, so the juices are flowing. Um, but I did, and I think I've told Tyler this, um, in a text message, I took my first June vacation in 27 years with my wife and our seven year old to Disney. And it was amazing. And, uh, just the first two weeks of July, we were down on 38 and, uh. I didn't I didn't know that you could go on vacation and literally shut it down, turn it off, and just enjoy your family. And it was it was pretty good, man.
2: Hey, I will I will tell you this. I, I've told him this privately, but the August is weird. You know, August is very weird. And you like in my first August, I was like, I felt like I was uh Ricky Bobby on Tyleague Nights. I was like, what do I do with my hands? I didn't know what to do. But I really struggled. I did, honestly. I personally struggled through. I was fine all the way up until August. I personally struggled in August because my friends were working. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. It's the only friends you have is football, right? And so everybody was working. So they didn't want, you know, you're not bothering them. First half of the first game on Saturday, first window, I think we lost him. Oh, we sure did. But anyway, the first half of the first game on Saturday. Here he goes. Jeff, that was that was the government talking about <laughs> we were talking about aliens and they tried it's to
3: It's those aliens again, bro. They're coming to get you. Yep.
2: But the first half of the f- first game of the season, I was like, oh I was so lost. And then at halftime, I went to the refrigerator, got a beer, was ordered good. a pizza and I was like, man, this is not so bad. <laughs> this is not so bad. So, right. All right, so I want to I wanna get into it. Um, Jeff is, in, for the people that don't know uh, Jeff, he is, in my opinion, he also, besides being one of the best defensive minds, he's one of the best recruiters out there in the, in the game, period. And I know recruiting is obviously very important to you. Even when you were head coach, it was a priority for you. It was something you did. Sure. I want to talk a little bit about the new age of recruiting and how things have changed because you and I, you're a little bit older than me, but we kind of grew up in this business at the same time, in the same area, and how it's changed Let's talk a little bit about the new age of recruiting with money, you know, versus NIL versus evaluations versus relationships and how bad evaluations can hurt you in this NIL world.
3: Sure. Yeah, and and, I've, and it's obviously changed in just two years, just monumentally changed. Um, but I think, and you and I both, you know, grew up under Saban a little bit, the, the evaluation is critical. You know, the evaluation and the reevaluation and then reevaluating again, your evaluation and then everybody else's evaluation, that's got to be first and foremost with every single thing, um, regardless of the landscape of college football recruiting. You better be right on the, the evaluations of your guys that you bring in, whether it be a five-star that is stamped and you know all the things that you know about the young man are valid, or you know we've all done this, the diamond in the rough, the guy that we find that nobody really knows about, you better be right on that evaluation too. Um, And then once the evaluation is correct, the building of the relationships, um, getting to know everybody that has any form of influence on the young man that you want to join the program. Um, And then the next piece is the, you know, the offers and the NIL piece and all those other things that will start to come into it. Um, But the evaluations and the relationships still have to be the first two things uh, that you focus on.
2: All right. Let me, let me ask you this and I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, cause I haven't actually, I don't think we've talked about this. I'm, um, I don't, you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, cause he'll, he'll actually go back into coaching. I'm retired. Um, so I'm very adamant and there's not very many people that are, I guess in public that are, will talk about it, but everyone wants to talk about it in private about eliminating the one-time free transfer rule. Um, going back to what it used to be to help curb all this, the tampering, the, the, the money issues and all that stuff. Sure. What's your feelings on, on eliminating, that, eliminating that as a possible solution to all this crazy shit?
3: Yeah, just the, and I've thought about this a lot. I think that once that, that has been opened and been a theme that is now happening and afforded to student-athletes, i got to imagine that's going to be hard to, to put back in the box and not uh, you know, go back to capping that. But I do think there are some things that can happen with NIL and putting guardrails on that. Um, I know people are trying, but hopefully the people that um, have say in the game and understand what's happening in real-life situations uh, can be able able to be involved in those conversations to make it better for everybody, the student-athletes first. Um, and then, you know, for the game as well.
1: All right, I make you the czar. You've got the power. What, 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 what do you try to do? What are the what are the guardrails that you try to put in place to
2: sort of make it work?
3: Tyler you said this was going to be fun man you didn't tell me I was going to be on the hot
2: seat Oh yeah <laughs> We got we got the, I, the fun stuff's the coming the fun stuff hey, st- <laughs> hey, we can go back to talking about hey, aliens cuz i'm interested Yeah aliens are coming next <laughs> <laughs> we just try we're trying uh, and, to- and
1: then the <laughs> next the next one we'll get to is what do you think happened to Kennedy do you think uh, Oswald yeah. acted alone or do you think there was someone in the grass you No, know, we can go there too Jeff I mean look we're, we're we're here for whatever going, you want to do we can and we can even talk favorite beers I mean, we, we, wherever you want to go we can go but I I am I I agree with Tyler by the way and yet I agree with what you just said. I I, I and he gets mad at me, I think, or frustrated with me. I don't get me. mad. I, I don't I don't I, I we just lost him. He's yeah. like, "I'm He's out." He's like, "Peace out." Oh, uh, aliens, out. I'm out. <laughs> what I was going to say was I I just think it's the toothpaste out of the tube thing. With I, I think that toothpaste is out of the tube, and
2: you must not have yeah, northeast like, park over like, there i'm
1: checked out what i was saying was <laughs> i think i think jeff the toothpaste is kind of out of the tube on the on the transfer thing i just don't know that you can go yep. back on it i think i think the toothpaste is out of the tube and smeared all over the walls and it's crusted and it's right. like you're not getting that back in there thing so i i don't know i don't i'm not as hopeful as all these other people that it can be "quote fixed" in quote. I'm like, I just think everybody's just gonna have to figure out a way to adapt because I, yeah. right, I think it just kind of is what it is. Yeah.
2: My whole deal is is that something has to be put back in the tube. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, everything's out on the damn table. You gotta, you gotta clean it up somehow. And then something you can't, you don't know, something in, in some area has to be put back in the tube. That's just what that's, I guess that's my. Or idea. you got to go buy a new tube. because start. That's what I'm saying. Just burn it and start a whole new deal. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. All right. Hardest offensive coordinator that you've ever had to defend in your opinion, who is the hardest one to prepare for hardest one you've ever had to defend as a defensive coach? Because I'm curious because this guy's <laughs> he's, he's hard to go against
3: <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of them um but I would think uh over the years because I've gone against him so many times would have to be Hugh Freeze. Oh. You know, from back when when we were when you guys were at Arkansas State, I was at FIU then the egg bowl rivalries that we got into. <laughs> um, and then when I was the DC at Florida, um, one of my best games as a defensive play caller was that year in the swamp, top ranked teams. He uh, had just hung, I think 50 on Bama the week before. And uh, you know, they came into the swamp and we won 38 to 10. Um, and oh, i was still a, upset. About that was wild. Seven points. Uh, they got hung on us with it. Five minutes left in the game. Anyway. Um, but I think he's one of the best play callers, designers of offense, complementary pieces, using personnel, all of those things uh, that, that I've gone against.
1: I got to tip and, my hat to you, Jeff, because I was in the swamp that night. I was covering that game. That was that was a genius defensive plan. On it, appreciate, and that was because that was an offense that was pretty electric. That's pretty good. I mean, oh, they yeah. they had <laughs> they had lit some people up, and they lit some people up after that game. I mean, they right they they could score. In a hurry. They could score in a hurry and get, get
2: rolling. The uh, funny thing, he he had me laugh. You had me cracking up a minute ago. I just I just thought of something in my head. So, new Jeff, obviously, when, back in Arkansas State, FIU days, right? And then, you know, he gets a job at Ole Miss. You know, Jeff gets a job at State. So, Jeff, Jeff's D.C. at State. Well, when when we get there, he was like, hey, congratulations. We are both like, I guess we can't talk to each other now. <laughs> All right? And so <laughs> – we go this whole time. We don't talk. We, we did the courtesy, you know, that you t- you know shake hands, all that stuff when you see each other in person, right. all that stuff, right? The day I will never forget this as long as I live. <laughs> I take the Alabama job, and I took it at like I don't know. I took it at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. So I packed my shit, turned my keys in, and I'm driving. I leave Oxford like ten thirty, and I'm driving to Tuscaloosa by eleven o'clock. I have a text message from Jeff. that goes, "Hey, bud, congratulations. We can talk again." <laughs>
3: So that is, that is a thousand percent true story. Yep. So I got to ask
1: you this because, I mean, obviously you don't have any like natural animus towards Ole Miss or whatever. I mean, it's football, right? You're, yeah. it's, you're coaching and it's the polo that you wear that week, but it always feels like that thing gets super personal for people. Did it, <laughs> did, did, did that almost get instilled in you that, Hey, this has to be personal or did, did it, did you just have to turn on some sort of an acting job or what was, how, how's that? how
3: no, I- after four years in Starkville, it, it was not an act. <laughs> I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I still to this day uh, have a hard time not calling that school the school up north. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, was just, uh, it was real. And, you know, we happened to be on a roll. Um, I think the the last season I was there, 2014, both teams were in the top ten most of the year. I mean, it was a magical, um, magic.
1: <laughs> that was the Oxford Internet it says we don't want to hear this.
2: <laughs> we got aliens interrupting. We got we got old. Mi- hey Jeff, that was the old Miss fans hacking hacking the system.
3: Well, I I think that clip was going to be one that y'all used to to you know cycle in the clip. And I think they just wanted to mess that up. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they're getting us.
2: But
3: Is, it was just a magical time, and just the the way the rivalry—it's—it's it's easily one of the most competitive, um, personal uh, rivalries that I've ever coached in, and I've coached in some good ones.
2: Do you think that's the most toxic rivalry you've ever been a part of?
3: A hundred percent. And I've said that any, anybody that comes into the house—I know you can't see it here—but. I've got a Mississippi State section with my cowbell over here, my swag chalice from back in the day. Um, it, it, it was it was real. And you know, I've coached in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, no disrespect to, to that great <laughs> rivalry and the passionate um, people that are involved in it. But I lived the Egg Bowl for four years, and it's real.
2: He is I, – I can't – like – and he's probably the same way, you know, but – we're not fans of anybody, you know what I mean? Like we pull for the game and all that stuff. Like, but I grew up, as everybody knows, I grew up an Auburn fan, right? Yeah. Worked at Alabama, which is kind of crazy, but you thought that was the rivalry, all rivalries growing up. It was a big deal and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I always like to describe it. If an Auburn fan was broke down on the side of the road, an Alabama fan drives by, they would stop by and pick you up and give you a ride. They probably wouldn't talk to you in the car, but they at least give you a ride. They
1: might poison your trees. Yeah, they poison yeah, your trees, right. but they won't
2: kill you. <laughs> The, if if an uh, Ole Miss fan is on the side of the road in a Mississippi State or vice versa, I'm not trying to make it, vice versa, they stop by, instead of st- when they come out the, of the car to, like, help you to change the tire, they're going to hit you over the head with a tire iron and then leave you on the side of the road. It is toxic, man. <laughs> it is toxic. All right, let uh, let's let me get back to here. Best, uh, worst visiting locker room you've ever been to? I always like
3: that. Yeah, you, you got to remember that I coached Division three ball for two years. I know. I coached in the FCS and have tremendous pride, uh, you know, for those experiences. But I think we're in SEC country, so I'm going to stick to the SEC on that one. Um, I'd have to go with Missouri. And why? It's up a hill, you know, and you could say it's up a hill both ways, whatever. But it's very segmented. There's no centralized area to, to, to gather the team or gather the defense. And it might be the nicest people – that you're ever gonna meet. The second you land in Columbia, Missouri, everybody's welcome to Missouri, welcome to Columbia, so glad you're here. You're walking to the, you know, from the locker room down to the field. Every person wearing the black and gold or black and yellow is like, Welcome to Columbia, so glad you're here. I hope you have a great day. And then you're walking up and down a hill into a little segmented locker room. So Hey, um, that
2: do you think was, that's people playing – because this pisses me off. Do you, do you think people are playing mind games with you when they do that? Because it's like Nebraska, right? When you go to Nebraska, it's like they're too nice. Like it almost pisses you off because like A- they're so nice.
1: Andrew Luck, when he gets hit, when he got hit, he would say, hey, great hit, man. Yeah, great hit. That great, bothers hit great rush.
3: It. That bothers me. Right. But it's it, it was like in the hotel. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Columbia. And I'm like, is this real? But –
2: all right, best bowl game that you've been to as far as fun, not not how the game went, but just the activities around the bowl game for the family, kids, whatever best bowl sure. game you ever went to, most fun you had.
3: So that that's an easy one. Um, the Seattle Bowl in 2001 or 2000, 2000, 2001, I think it might be the last one. <laughs> Absol- absolutely amazing experience. Seattle's beautiful, A. Um, you're playing in the Mariner Stadium. We were in the uh, right corner of the end zone, so we weren't at the fifty-yard line. Both teams were on the same sideline. Uh, they had cinders of the infield instead of putting dirt or fake turf. <laughs> it was the actual cinders that the guys would get scraped up on. But the experience, the bowl game, and we did get a dub. Um, that that was that was a pretty good bowl game.
2: But I have I learned in my in my bowl experience, it depends on what, who your head coach is. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) that, that matters. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Um, but if you ask my, he'll be on in 10 seconds. When, if you ask my kids what their favorite bowl game was, like you can go ask my kids, right? If you can go ask
3: Tyler, you brought this up. So I didn't, I didn't bring this up (laughs) organically as I'm explaining this story, but another thing that made it wonderful Uh, Coach O'Leary had just gotten the Notre Dame job at the end of the regular season. So he's in South Bend, Indiana, as we're getting ready to play the bowl game. And we went out to uh, Seattle with Mac McCorder as the interim head coach. Um, I love George O'Leary, love him to death. Um, I think he's an amazing mentor, an amazing coach. Um, But Mac McCorder made that bowl experience. We had an absolute blast.
2: Well... So for my family, if you ask my kids today, their favorite bowl game they've ever been to—I mean, Sugar Bowl, you know, college football playoff, all that stuff—it'll be the Birmingham Bowl. That is, that's their favorite because of the game room and all yeah, the stuff, right? Yeah. Of all the bowl right. games. But mine, as a coach, was the Arizona Bowl, really, because Joey, we, Joey, we would practice in the mornings. He told us, he says, you have from eight o'clock to nine o'clock to eat with your players and have your position meeting. We're getting on the bus. We're going to practice from nine to 11. We're getting home and there is no football activities afternoon, no meetings, no film watching, no nothing. So at 12 o'clock and we were staying at the La Paloma resort, which is and it's January, right? Or it was, uh, yeah, it was either no late December. So it's cold everywhere wells. That's in Tucson, right? It's in Tucson. Okay. We played golf. We had a tea time at noon and we played golf till dark every day on this beautiful golf course. And we were out there for like four or five days. It was freaking great. Oh, that's great. great from a coach's standpoint. All yeah. right. <clears throat> All right. What uh, if you, I've always, this is another a uh, question I like talking to coaches about. If you had not coached football, what do you think you would have done for a profession <laughs> or for a living?
3: I, I don't know what I would have done, to be honest with you. <laughs> I did an internship. Uh, in corporate fitness. I was an exercise science major at Western Carolina University. I did an internship at Georgia Pacific right here in downtown Atlanta in their corporate fitness facility uh, and learned pretty quick that that was not for me. And uh, luckily I had a had a job offer to be a GA where I played, and I just kind of did that.
2: He's like everybody else. It's like we, we, you may have an answer, but you really have no – there was no plan B.
3: <laughs> so just – you just
2: go go work it out. All right. What uh, let me ask you this. All right. So we we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but what what's the thing that you miss the most? Uh, it's like a two part question here. The thing you miss the most about coaching, okay, and the thing you miss the least.
3: So the thing I miss the least uh, is the time away from my family. That that's an easy one. Uh, the thing I miss the most is the relationships with the players, the relationships with the coaches. Uh, shared adversity, shared joy, the experience that you go through building a team, building a program, Um, that's the thing that, you know, and I'm blessed that I've had so many great relationships and coached so many great players that on a daily basis I'm talking to my guys and they're reaching out to me, so I stay connected that way. Uh, But there's just something special of being in the locker room being in a meeting room, uh, being with your defensive coaching staff, being with your coaching staff as a whole, being with your players. It, it's special. Um, so if there's anything, it, it's that.
1: Are you going to visit around this year, sort of turn this into a chance to sort of, um, I don't know, get some new ideas, some fresh perspectives, just kind of take some things in and uh, let let yep. some stuff marinate in, in, your, in your mind a little?
3: Yeah, 100%. I did that during the spring, went to a bunch of places, And, uh, you know, it's nice having so many good relationships with people Um, and kind of like Tyler probably has. You get open access and sit in meetings, sit in staff meetings, team meetings, um, you know, be right there on the grass wherever you want to go. So I've been able to do that throughout the spring um, and then we'll do that during the preseason. I'm lining that up uh, right now.
1: Do you already know of some things? Because look, you're gonna get you're gonna get another opportunity. That's a given. Do you already know of some things that hey, I probably will do something different, or will you? Uh, is there is there in your mind? Hey, there's a, a way I'm gonna be selective about where I go next. Is there something specifically that you would be looking for
2: or not looking for? He's like I'm bolting <laughs> on this
1: question. He's like I'm out. He's
2: probably on his like uh, iPad. He's getting calls or something. Getting a hotspot or something. Yeah.
3: I got, I got saved again, boys. perfect. I
1: was just curious. I'm, you know, you don't, you don't yeah. have, you don't have to answer yep. that, but I was keeping no, it. I, I,
3: pre- I, I appreciate it. I've done a lot of, a lot of thinking. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest things is, um, you know, once my time ended at the last place I was at, just the number of text messages, number of calls um, from dear friends, from mentors, even from people that I've never met or talked to a day in my life, got my number, reached out to me. Here's some things they they went through and they did that really helped them, um, you know, as they figured out what they want to do next. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces and and maybe even one of the hardest pieces is the self-reflection, you know, looking inside, what could I have done better? Um, you know, at every single stop learning from every single thing, um, so that you can be the best version of yourself. And, uh, so I've spent a lot of time doing that and I I watch a ton of ball. Um, I just have the sec network and the big 10 network, Um, One of the most magical things is the Big Ten in 60. So they take uh, a game and deduce it down to 60 minutes. They put it on fast speed. I'll hop on my Peloton and just watch Big Ten football for an hour. And it's been wonderful. So just the the things that I've gone through, how to build a staff, the the things that I would focus on um, and implement, whether it be a head coach, whether it be a defensive coordinator, or – how I can be of service back to the game because I've got close friends that are at high profile p- spots that sometimes you just need a sounding board for somebody that's outside the program, you know, that you can bounce some ideas off of. Obviously I won't speak to who those people are, but it's nice to be a resource, um, you know, for those guys going through similar things that I've gone through.
1: Who's your favorite Peloton instructor?
3: Uh, Dennis Morton is probably one. Alex like Tucson is probably number two um Ben Aldis is probably number three so
1: have you done any of Olivia's classes I
3: maybe um I I, 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 end, up, I
1: end up screaming at her the whole time I'm like there is no way I can do the metrics you're telling me to do and I mean I, I feel like I'm in decent shape and I'm like this is this is utter insanity and at the end of 45 right. minutes you're just totally drenched and you're like that was a really good workout but I hate you
3: so, so w- one of my favorite things to do right now is I'll go on the scenic rides and I'll pop in a 60 minute ride or a 90 minute ride I'll put a college football game up on the TV and I'll have a podcast or some kind of motivational speaker series and I've got all kind of stuff going on I've got 21 pilots playing in the background my podcast going I'm watching football um I, I this this uh this life right now is pretty pretty good and
1: pretty complex. I like the setup. That's good. I, I, do I, the, yeah. I do the outdoor runs to the Peloton thing, and the first time I did it, I'm like, this is stupid. And now when I go outside and run, I don't get the, anywhere near the same run if I don't do like almost a guided run where there's music and there's a really? person sort of talking. And every once in a while, they're like, hey, yeah, you just remember to check your form. All right, let's pick up our pace <laughs> a little bit right here. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, I'm talking to nobody. There's nobody here, but I'm doing it. It's, it's yeah.
2: pretty fascinating. All right, Yep. if you could take one play call back, okay, one play call in your entire career, if you had one play call you could take back, what would it be?
3: Yep. Uh, the one that haunts me to this day, we're in Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2013, and we're playing lights out on defense. We're, we're having a heck of a game, low-scoring game. Uh, we're winning uh, three or four, I can't remember, it's less than two minutes in the game. They're backed up on the 20 and I don't play cover two once. And all Gus is doing is throwing a roll out into the flat, running out of bounds. And I did not play cover two one time. And that haunts me to this day. Mm. I was still playing man or trying to blitz still. And, uh, I wish I could just go back to that night and just hit them with one or two simple country cover two. And, uh, it would have been a different outcome. Made him to the now, corner. You'll, you'll like this story, Tyler. <clears throat> we fly back from Jordan-Hare. It's a 7.30 CBS night game, whatever. We get back to Starkville post mid.
2: That was the Mississippi State fans pissed yeah. off <laughs> and cut him out because There's of so that. many people with power over He's, his internet. Yeah. That was the I'm getting mi- getting back on fans. Yeah, that boy. was the Mississippi State fans pissed off at you there cutting your cutting your internet.
3: So what what so what even the fans, Tyler? <laughs> so, we land in Starkville. I hop in my car, drive drive home. I walk in the front door and my beautiful wife of now 27 <laughs> years goes, "What were you doing in that 2-minute drill?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Appreciate you." So, but that that one haunts me now. Fast forward to the next year, we get the 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 dub on college game day three versus five. Uh, so I redeem myself from that regard. But that one, that one, you, one still hurts. Did
2: you play cover two that week? <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't know that we had to.
3: We didn't get in that situation. We had we had Dak and the fellas. Uh, I think we went. We were up twenty one nothing with five minutes into the game. Oh, uh, well, I remember. Play, that. I remember
1: up. that game
2: that's a good yeah, feeling first
3: play uh i run a little four man zone replace pressure we get a pick Dak and the guy score the very next play they run a boot to Vez calhoun tackles the guy rips the ball out we get the ball Dak and the guys score right away so it's 21 nothing before before you could it before the the band even got back to the stand <laughs> and uh, you know and then we had to you know slug it out the rest of the way but that, that was a good
1: day. Hey, how much did your wife know about football when you guys started dating and got serious and, and married, and compared to how much football does she know today?
3: Yeah, uh, she knew none, um, <laughs> and now now she knows uh, a bunch.
2: That's a, hey, I commend you for that, because I've been with my wife for 25 years now, and she didn't know shit when I met her, and she doesn't know shit now. <laughs> I'm going to get fired for that one. I'm going to be sleeping on the couch yeah, tonight for yeah. that one. All right, I got – here's – before we get to the SEC – I got two empty bedrooms up here. You yeah, yeah, can you can jump it. in one. Thanks. Yeah. I just don't want to sleep in the haunted one. All right, so <laughs> I got – this is my last, uh, I guess, semi-serious question. Not really a serious question. But I was going to say, this get... is not a hard-hitting <laughs> yeah. interview right now. All right, you work, you've worked for some really – I mean, some legendary coaches. you worked for some of the best, and and yep. you've been a head coach now for like probably the last five, seven years of your career. But I had yep. to let's, – let's take you back to your assistant days here, okay? Okay. All right, who –
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
3: Uh, there, there's some good ones now. Uh, you know, I've already talked about coach O'Leary. Um, I'll have to tell some of those stories off the air, um, but he, he was, he was relentless. Uh, for work ethic and all those things. I think Dan Mullen ranks up there really good, you know, with the level of intensity that he brought to the building every single day. It was fourth and one uh, every single hour of every single day for four years that I was there, and I loved it. Um, but the one I know, and you and I have shared some stories before, <laughs> is, is Coach Saban. And my favorite, and I don't know if you all remember this, but I think it was Ha Ha Clinton Dix went to to work for him, right? Yeah. And I think that's who it was. And on the first day, he gets lit up. And he posted a tweet about, hey, I'm welcome to the fraternity. I got lit up on my first day coaching here. And I, if the story, if that's not who it is, I apologize. I think it is. But when he said that, I start dying laughing. Because I still remember my very first day. It's 10 a.m. staff meeting. And I'm assuming it's the same way when you were there as I was there. The director of player personnel sat directly – in his line of sight. So he yeah. sat at one end of the, <laughs> the staff room table, the player personnel, <laughs> face to face with him all day, every day. So you caught shrapnel every single day, regardless, because that's who he was gonna look at, because everybody else was kinda on the periphery. So every every ass ripping that was happening to anybody, you felt like you were getting it too, because you yeah. were right across from him. anyway. My first day of work there. 10 a.m. staff meeting. I've been an Alabama employee for two hours now. (laughs) I get lit up about the Junior Day plans that are happening this coming Saturday. (laughs) I I have no idea what we're doing for Junior Day or how Junior Day is going to (laughs) operate.
2: That's that's Nick Nick cutting us out. He's got to be on iPad getting messages or calls or something. (laughs)
3: That, that was going to be another viral one, yeah, too, that you yeah. guys were going to put out there anyway. We got a good guy. Cole but, cut it. I, I'm, I'm just getting lit up, and I'm like, okay, roll tide. Let's go.
2: <laughs> I got my
3: – I figured it out quick.
2: I got my – That junior day was awesome, by God. You're damn right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it ran. I don't think I've, – I've never told this publicly. I got technically got my first ash ripping less than 10 seconds after I officially took the job. So if I've told this, forgive me, because I don't think I have. So I had a tough time deciding what I was going to do, right? So I I couldn't sleep the night before. And so I made my decision that it's like, whenever I wake up, I'm going to call whoever I'm taking. I'm staying. I'm either staying here or I'm going there. I'm either going to call Hugh and tell him I'm staying, or I'm going to call Nick and tell him I'm coming in order to, uh, so I don't have to like, I don't want, I didn't want to play back and forth. Right. Okay. So I, I couldn't sleep. I didn't go to bed to like, and we were on spring break here at Ole Miss. And so I didn't have to work. And you know, we were off. I didn't go to bed like five 30. I mean, I stayed up all night. I couldn't sleep. So at about seven 30, I wake up, my natural body wakes up and I have like 53 missed calls and everything else. And I got voicemails from like, I remember Lance Thompson was like, can't believe you want his call. I mean, I mean, just, but I didn't, I had my phone on silent, you know? So I, I pick up the phone. I call, I call Nick and he's like, uh, he's like, Hello, Tyler. He always called, he he didn't, he refused to call anybody by nicknames. He called, you know, Tyler. And so I was like, coach, I'd like to accept the offer or whatever. And he's like, well, that's great. You know, it was really nice. You know, it was awesome. I was like, man, I felt great. He's like, hey, we're a family. Come here. Uh, I'm sending your wife's number to Miss Terry. She's going to call Aaron, you know, all that stuff. It was great. And he goes, so when are you going to get here? All right. So this was on a two, this was, this was Wednesday morning. And he says, when are you going to get here? And I said, Well, coach, I need we're on spring break here. I need to go take car back, keys back, all that stuff. He goes, That ain't how this shit works. (laughs) You we got we got people coming in. You go take your stuff, you drop it off, I'll see you here this afternoon. And so, dude, I freaking did. I was like, Golly. I was like, they know I didn't call Hugh and told him I'm, I called you, and told him I'm leaving yet." Like it, it was, uh, it was good stuff. But he's hey, he's hey, the best.
3: It's funny how Lance Thompson's involved in a yeah. couple of my trippets too now.
2: It's it's Lance it's Lance's fault. So he,
3: he's the best.
2: So you'll like this. So Maryland's one of our new Quick U clients. Yeah. All right. So Lance is, Lance Thompson's at Maryland, and the day after they signed up for Quick U. Lance was texting me like, hey, can we do this, to this? I said, hey, once you work with Lance, you always work with Lance. You're always working with him. So, all right. So, uh, you got a – we're going to get into the SEC East here in just a second. But I got a quick – since you've spent a lot of time in Atlanta, you're living there currently, spent a lot of time in Philly, and I see your shirt over there, and there's some comments in the in the chat about it already. Eagles or Falcons?
3: Uh, so, uh, I get this question all the time. Uh, love any team from Atlanta. I'm born and raised here. Oh. Any team from Atlanta. Uh, Philadelphia has a special place in my heart. Um, You know, worked there, had a lot of success there. Love everything about that place. But this is a tradition I started about 10 years ago. Every single day once NFL preseason starts, I wear a different shirt of where my guys are playing at.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And
3: so I've got Fletcher Cox. I've got Darius Slay. Sean Bradley uh is there, Fred Johnson who played for us in Florida, um, Hassan Reddick. I didn't really coach him, but he and I became close the two years I was at Temple. Um a lot of respect for him, and then half of the defensive staff, you know, are my guys. Um so every single day, like tomorrow we'll be wearing another NFL uh, you know, shirt.
2: That's so. pretty cool, man. I, I didn't that's that's a great thought. I like that. Yeah.
1: All right, we're gonna get into so how much I'm, I'm curious when you watch an NFL game on Sunday, how much Pride, do you take when it's one of your guys on the field or on a coaching staff or whatever, and you know that you played a role, uh, and yeah. that that guy either getting on that coaching staff or that guy That's being right. at that level?
3: It's unbelievable amount of pride. You know, last year when the Eagles were rolling, they had Chauncey Gardner Johnson at the time too, who played nickel for me at Florida. Um, so I, I half of the defense were.
2: So now the Eagles fans are pissed at him. Why would they be upset? He was complimenting the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles, Eagles fans get pissed. That about was everything. more. Eagles
3: fans get pissed about everything.
1: That was probably some. So, team, that was a team yeah. the Eagles beat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so half of that, half of that defense were guys that I had uh, coached, had relationships with, and just the deeper that, that they win, it just, um, just a level of pride and and you know their performance and their you know living out their dreams. It's just, it's just special.
2: All right, I'm I'm really excited for this. Uh, something we have been doing. Uh, we we're starting now, but we went through the SEC West on on Monday, and when I told you we we're going to go through the SEC East, you were like, "Hey, I want to be a part of that." So we're going to go through the SEC sure. East here, and uh, back to back to being, uh, and then we'll finish up with a lightning round here. But let's talk about questions and concerns for each team in the SEC East. Okay, we'll go around right. a, around the deal. Do you okay. want you want first shot at it there, Neil? Uh, sure. All, All right, on. we'll go, Neil. And then we'll go Jeff, and then I'll, I'll finish it up because I probably won't have a lot to say after Jeff gets done because we we'll probably see things very similar. All right, so, Neil, we'll start with Georgia. Questions and concerns about the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, I, I worry a little bit about whether they
1: eat too much at the pregame meal and they just <laughs> kind of feel full um, and don't maybe take an extra two minutes to kind of get going or something like that. Or maybe maybe the the, the equipment guy dries the pants too hot and it takes a minute to get them stretched out. That's about it. No, no questions, concerns. I mean, I mean, I, I worry that maybe they accidentally play the Eagles on Sunday instead of you know Florida or Tennessee or something. But no, I mean, otherwise, I mean, just you know, I mean, I don't want like a flu outbreak or something. But I mean, otherwise, I, I like their chances to win another seventy four games in a
2: row. Yeah, they roll they're, on. They're pretty solid. What you got, Jeff? The Georgia what? Bulldogs.
3: So I went. You know, as, as a head coach, you don't get to go visit places very much. Um, especially the one that's in your own state, you know, you're not you don't have a open invitation to come watch practice. Why not? Uh, so I, I went, I went uh, during spring ball, and Kirby let me be in the meetings and be you know all access to the practice. And I was so impressed. You know you know, Kirby and I worked together, in seven, and I've always had a great deal of respect for what he's done in his career. But just being you know front row and center to the team meetings, special teams meetings, defensive unit meetings, and then when they got out on the grass, just the way the attention to detail, the level of execution, the level of expectation, um, it, it, it was it was palpable the reason why you know they, they've done as well as they have, especially over the last two years, and uh, you know just seeing it you know in person was impressive.
2: You know, I was thinking when I was we were I was thinking about this before the show. You know how we did the most important opponent of the year, whatever, a couple weeks ago. The the for me the most important most important thing for Georgia this year is Georgia. Like that's the enemy. The enemy is not any other team they're playing. If Georgia, it's complacent. Georgia, Complacency. yeah. And I don't think they're going to be complacent because I know how Kirby is. I know that's that's what he fights. That's the that's the opponent that he fights. He doesn't fight scheme. He doesn't fight Tennessee. He doesn't fight South Carolina. He's fighting Georgia. And if Georgia beats Georgia, then that's the only well, team that can beat them.
1: You guys opinion. would be able to correct me if I'm wrong here, but what to my in my <clears throat> opinion, the the key to Alabama's success over the last 16, 17 years, whatever it's been, beyond obviously the brilliance of of Nick Saban, is that. The, the level of competition inside the building is so intense that you can't afford to be complacent.
2: You, you lose your job. Yep. I mean, you lose your job, period. I mean, And, and I
1: think Kirby's built that in yeah, Athens. Yeah, he,
2: he's, and he's he recruiting. In and in going back to what you know, Jeff was talking about earlier is the evaluation process. People get lost in the evaluation process. Right. And he said the, the one <clears> thing <throat> that, that I haven't said on here, but I, in my head I always talk about it, is like you can't just evaluate a kid one time. Yep. You got to continue to evaluate and he knows because he's worked with a guy. Nick Saban will evaluate a kid five minutes. I mean, he will continue to evaluate a kid until the name is on the dotted line or where he's going somewhere else. I'm talking about there have, I've told, I'm not going to tell who it is, but there's a kid that's, and that went to Alabama. That was, it is a all pro safety in the NFL. Who's unbelievable. The day before signing day, he's deciding if he wants to take this kid's commitment or not. I'm like, well, Coach, he's been committed for nine months. You know, it's the day before signing day. You know, I mean, he never quits. And I think that's a big part of the process.
3: Well, Tyler, you'll know this is, you know, the, when you get there.
2: That's Nick Saban don't want to tell secrets. He's, he's got power. And I buy that. Totally. Yeah, I, I trust me. I know some things he's done. I trust that he did that one. <laughs>
3: Now, that was in Alabama shutting you down because they thought I was going to tell some insider <laughs> stuff. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's so,
2: literally what I said when you went off.
3: <laughs> so, 7.30 so, uh, to 10.30, watch defense. 7.30, 10, you watch, you watch defensive film. 10 o'clock until 11 is staff meeting. And then from 11 until the time you go out to the, to the unit meetings, team meetings, whatever, it is the director of player personnel and Coach Saban in a room watching tape. And I still distinctly remember – Sitting in that room with him, lining up the tapes because we used to have to do tapes. It was before the digital and all those kind of things. And uh we'd get to some kids. I'm like, we we've literally watched this kid seven times, and he's watching every play like it's got a life of its own. Um And I'm like, you know, I get it now, but at the time, I'm like, you know, this kid's a great player. What, you know? You know, watching this kid again, but. Hey, do you he know right.
2: what you know what technology you missed out on that you could have you could have finagled the system? So I was I was guilty of this because this literally did the same thing. Him and I are like, there's only like four of us out there. We had the exact same job at Alabama, right? Yep. And so if I liked a kid and Nick was kind of so-so on him, I would go in the room, and so it's digital you know, now. Yeah. When he's talking about tape. You couldn't do it. I'd get him to put the good clips in the front. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, have to, I didn't have to listen to it. And so because you're not watching a highlight tape, you're watching right. an eval tape. But I may or may not have a, uh, manipulated a couple of eval tapes to kind of boost the guy I really liked up the board for Nick. So I may have done that. Sorry, sorry Coach Saban. All right, the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, I, I think the question mark's obviously – Replacing Hinton Hooker. Uh,
1: can Joe Milton be as consistent as Hooker was? He looked very good in the bowl game. Can he do it game over game? Uh, I think that this is probably the one more season where they don't have the depth exactly where they want it to be. Um, other than that, that's about it. I think he's done a remarkably good job in a short period of time, and they they sort of dodged the NCAA bullet, and I think I think it's a program that's on the
2: rise with the – a rocket behind it, no doubt. Jeff, what you got, baby?
3: Yeah, and I've had to coach against Josh twice when he was the head coach at UCF, and you know different quarterbacks, but still makes it work. Um, you know, so uh, I watched the literally watched the Clemson Tennessee game probably two days ago, uh, riding through Switzerland on a scenic <laughs> ride on Peloton, and uh, and ju- it just w- was impressed with how they play the game, and uh, you know I think Joe's got a ridiculous. Uh, arm And, uh, you know, they'll find the ways to score a lot of points. And I think uh, they've got a lot of defense coming back and added some key transfers um, on the defensive side of the ball. So the, you know, I think it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving, uh, Georgia goes up to Knoxville. That's going to be, I mean, that's got to be, I got to imagine that's college game day and it's a big, big time event.
2: Yeah, mine is uh, the only – only, and it's not even a question or a concern. The only thing I'm curious about is, you know, the replacement wide receivers lost a lot of talent to the draft last year. Um, some big-time playmakers, how they replace those, they will. Uh, I just want to see it. I haven't seen it. I think Milton, the one thing that I do think that gets lost in the Joe Milton stuff because everybody's like, well, he's taking this long to play quarterback and all that stuff. Their vertical passing game is a huge part of what they do, and they got a guy mm-hmm. that can get it out there um and having a guy that can get it out there and which Jeff knows because it's it's one of the most frustrating things for for defensive coordinators is when you have everybody covered up for 10 minutes and then a guy can throw it over the top for after he's been running around for this guy can can extend plays not only right. with his feet but with his arms so that's a dangerous
1: thing. and the kid behind him I am Oliva man everybody around that program
2: that kid can play and man. I'm not
1: talking about just like the homers and stuff who say everybody's great because right. they're wearing orange I'm talking about people who are pretty objective they just rave about him.
2: Yeah, Milton, uh, he'll he'll be fine obviously this year, but the future is in such good hands. I'm a huge believer in that kid. I, I like everything about him as a football player. I think Nico's gonna be a guy we talk about with reverence in the in the upcoming years. Yeah. All right, South Carolina game cox. Don't have a ton of questions,
1: actually. This is kind of my surprise team if if you told me that there's a team that sort of shocks like wins nine or 10 games and people are raving about him. Um You know, I, I, I was, I was talking to some people there. I talked to Spencer Rattler in Nashville. I just, I like everything about him, you know, and you remember back when he was recruited at Oklahoma and, and it's not that he sucked at Oklahoma, they ran into some tough times, but he kind of overcame that adversity and you go back and look at the he way grew up. you look at the way they finished last season. They were really, really good. Yeah, And I just, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, the question is obviously you're competing in the same division with, with Georgia. It's do you have enough depth to compete? Do you have enough frontline talent to compete? And the answer to both of those questions in terms of winning the division is probably no. But are, are they going to be a really good team? I think so.
2: Yeah. Jeff, what you got, babe?
3: Yeah, and, you know, Shane and I are dear friends. <clears throat> we were GAs together back in 2000. Uh, So that's a 23-year-long relationship. And uh, I think the world of him Love. I got to go be uh, inside the program during the season. I went over and visited those guys and just the relationships that he's built with every single one of those players in the building, uh, the way the staff, you know, vibes together and coaches their guys in the meetings out on the field. Uh, And then Clayton White, their defensive coordinator, was my DB coach when I was the defensive coordinator at Western Carolina – um, so I, I've got a lot invested uh, in those people, and just want to see um, them be successful because they're, they're some of the finest people uh, in the game.
1: Do you see the the marketing thing they did where they did a playoff on the Office where Michael Scott was trying to like they they're break the best. The speed at the record. Stuff, they're yeah. geniuses. Yeah. It was. I mean, I was. I love the Office. I've watched the Office. I think seven hundred and six times now. Uh, it it was. I was. I, mean, I had tears coming out of my eyes. It was so funny.
2: Yeah, I, I think yeah. for me. I think they're going to be a very, very good football team, and like we talked about before, the con- if I had a concern, it has nothing to do with South Carolina. Their schedule is a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean it's hard. They got they got to go. You know, you got usually usually in the SEC, you have we well, always have four non-conference games, but you got usually four of them that you could you got a chance to go get them. Sure. Well, it's every single year, and and Jeff knows this because he he had to he had when he was the head coach at Georgia Tech, he had the, the out of conference with Georgia every year, but they have they have to play uh clemson yeah, who every the hell year.
1: made y'all schedule last year by the way i mean i'd hate
2: that guy if i were he's you going, no, no comment over there he, he's, he's gonna lose his connection here in a second the uh but but south carolina they gotta play north carolina week one they gotta finish the season with clemson that's two non-conference that's games then you gotta go play an sec schedule yeah. um but look i think they're gonna be a really good team i think they're making the steps he's getting better every single year and to be honest, I, I, this is something I was thinking about the other day. I like what they're doing in Iowa-wise. I, like, I love everything they're doing marketing-wise. I'm a big fan of Shane Beamer. I'm a big fan of the staff. I like everything they're doing. If I was a recruit, that's somewhere where I would want to go play.
3: Yeah, like if for, I, If my sure. kid – For ended sure.
2: Up, you know, if my child was being recruited, that's somewhere where I would, I would want him to go investigate to play.
3: Agreed. That's and how when I feel it, about when him. you walk in that building, Tyler, it's real. Yeah. It, 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 that's it, what it, You
2: can tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can yep. tell when people are bullshitting – and being phony and you can tell when people are being real. They're being real. Yeah. Like I like what they're doing. And I'm not His a- dad was that way at Virginia Tech too. I mean, guys yeah. played guys played hard for him. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a stud. I yeah. like him. All right. My Florida Gators. You see how I said my Florida Gators there, Jeff. Yeah. Um I just if I have a
1: concern, <laughs> it is that that place can get really caustic but this is my view from the outside Mm -hmm. when things aren't going well it can get super caustic and I just get a little concerned for them with the schedule being hard and who they have to play and the expectations I just get a little concerned that it could just turn into just a really toxic environment around them and so he's he's going to have to be able to do that thing where it's hey don't listen to anything outside of these walls and stuff and it's one thing to say that and I realize why coaches say that it's another thing when young people are walking – hell, we're all doing it now. We're all walking around with one of these. It's hard to hard to not hear what's happening outside of the walls. All right, Jeff,
2: what you got?
3: Yeah, so you know, I was there two years and had top five defense.
2: That's Florida fans. Florida's pissed off now. Florida's pissed now. We're, we're pissing off everybody. You always say we're going to piss everybody off. And by, here, this by is God, the one time it. I think we're doing it. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: That's the, hey, I didn't think the Gators were going to shut mean, me down, fellas. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that every time you start talking about a school or or aliens, it cuts off on you?
3: It's it's amazing, uh, but uh, so th- this will be a twofold answer. Uh, I went down on the way to Disney. We stopped in Gainesville. Went by the new facilities. They are ridiculous. If you've not seen them alive and in person, I haven't seen incredible them. Incredible facilities. Great staff. I think the hiring of Austin Armstrong was a great hire up-and-coming, big-time defensive mind, um, energy, juice, passion, all those kind of things. Um, But the thing that gives me confidence about what Billy's building is during spring ball, I got asked to come uh, to Louisiana Lafayette and be involved in that program for a couple of days and watch practice and sit in meetings and all those kind of things. And just the culture and the the vibe and the – way they work the way they approach the game you know that Billy put in place and now it's continued with coach Dez uh, it was impressive i mean it, it you know i was i was there and i was texting a bunch of my guys that were with me at temple and i'm like this feels like what we had at temple and so just knowing that he built that there and you know i think Billy can do it i believe in what the direction he's going in and they they're crushing it in recruiting right now you know, and you know, they're going to have attention to detail, you know, they're going to play hard and, uh, you know, just excited to see what he can do, you know, as he continues to build it.
2: Well, I have, I have stated on this podcast and and I will be reminded of it. I imagine. Yeah. Um, They're my surprise team in the SEC. I think, I think they're going to be, and I've said this, I said it on your, on your board, not a couple of weeks ago, if you look at, Nick Saban assistance in year two and the improvement between – year every one of them go around 500 or whatever in the first year, and they jump. He did the same thing. I mean, it's every single one of them, every one of them. I mean, Lane himself, who didn't pay attention more than five <laughs> minutes in a meeting, okay, he was tuned out from the second he walked in the staff room. But he got hit in the head hard enough with what was going on in the staff meeting that he went five and five or five and six in the first year and went ten and two in his second <laughs> year. But when you're trying to establish the process, you know, of under, <laughs> getting the players to understand what that means – and how to and, it, and truly changing a culture it takes time. So I'm I'm a believer. I'm going. I'm betting with a trend. I love Billy. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm I'm call me a homer if I'm biased. Yes, I am biased. I'm going with my Florida Gators. All right, Kentucky.
1: Uh, just schedule. Schedule's brutal. Um, <clears throat> I actually think that that getting um is it Liam um, Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. I, I think getting him back is going to be a positive for Big them. Time. Uh, I think Devin Leary, probably somebody that uh, Jeff saw in the ACC. Yep. I think Devin's going to be a good quarterback for them. I don't think there's going to be the big fall off at quarterback that some people are talking about. I just worry about the schedule, guys. I just that that, that they have a period in their schedule of like four or five weeks that just I think near the end that just looks brutal. Just the SEC. <laughs> I mean, it's Georgia and Alabama. Boom, and, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom, 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 and that just wears on you when you, you know, you don't get a chance to breathe. Yeah. Someone's got you down, and they hit you, and you, you keep waiting for the bell to ring so you can get back to your corner, and the
2: bell doesn't ring. All right, Jeff, I'm so interested in your answer on this one.
3: Yeah, so I went up there uh, during spring ball on the way to the combine, didn't get to see a practice, uh, but having watched Devin for a couple of years, great player, quarterback, great arm. Uh, watching him off the, I don't know him personally, but just watching how he affects everyone around him, on the offense, on the defense, the team as a whole, uh, was always impressed with him. And then I'll co-sign, you know, that I think getting Liam back is huge uh, for the offense.
2: Yeah, that's the thing with him. Nobody's even talking about Devin Leary. Like, I don't know if they didn't watch the kid play or not. They were undefeated. Yeah, but they were undefeated at NC State before a kid gets hurt. Right? I mean, that last year, they were undefeated before he gets hurt at NC State. And I I like Liam Cohen. I'm – I don't know what – because there's so many 50-50 games in the SEC where it's such a small margin. So you could sit here and go, oh, they're going to win this game or they're going to win that game. Um, But I like what what they're doing. I'm kind of excited to see where they go and what they do.
1: Uh, Potentially huge NFL news breaking today. Potentially huge NFL news breaking today. I just saw it. uh, Joe Burrow just got carted off the uh, practice field in Cincinnati. All
2: right, so – I could be wrong. I, I saw that on the uh, welcome to the podcasting world here when breaking news occurs here, uh, Jeff. But I saw somebody in the chat say that, and I see the video I'm going. I don't know, man. It says it's his calf. He probably cramped up and they got $200 million invested. I, I don't. Well, I certainly hope so. I don't know. He'll be all right. We'll figure it out. Um.
1: Yeah, grabbing his calf, according yeah. to a Bengals beat writer. I'm
2: watching the video. I mean, he's, he'd be all right. All right, Vanderbilt. Now you know, uh, Jeff, that Neil has a very strong connection with Vanderbilt because his brother is the head football coach at Vandy. Do you know that? He's that's Clark I Lee. That's Clark Lee's half brother, Neil McCready.
1: Yeah, we were somehow okay. sepa- we were separated at birth. Um, I mean, I, I think the big concern, obviously, for Vanderbilt is when you look like Clark does. There are going to be so many modeling agencies that are going to come after you, so many supermodels. Even though he's a happily married man and everything's good, it's just the sheer distraction of all of the demands on people just wanting to be seen with you, that that makes it really hard to focus on football. Even though he's going to try, there's just going to be so many people because of how incredibly handsome he is that I just think in the end that stops them from being able to get, you know, SEC championship.
2: Does Kate Upton distract him
1: as well? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know this, but I've heard it. So okay. I can't confirm it, but I've heard that Kate Upton has a st- – he calls like once every two or three days and says, I will leave Justin Verlander for you. I will leave for you. And, and that's and that's a lot to that's a deal lot with. For, that's a lot well, for, I mean, for yes, any to man to handle. With. That's a lot for any man to handle because you know that he's he's got got to disappoint Kate Upton, and she seems like such a nice person. I mean, I, I just think that's a lot. That's all. That's all I'm thinking. I mean, you can laugh at me, but – I. I th- Look, last year they won five games. If he'd been a guy with the full head of hair, they probably would have won eight or nine.
2: All right, Jeff, that was a that was expert opinion. There, what, you, what, you, what you got?
3: <laughs> so, uh, and I don't know as much about Vandy, so I don't want to uh, you know gas anything up or anything. But I do know AJ Swan, the quarterback, recruited him. He's an Atlanta kid, played for Hustle Link. Uh, think of the world of him. And, uh, you know, thought he, you know, hit a stride down the stretch for him and, uh, you know, just excited what he can do, um, you know, the next year as being QB1.
2: Yeah, mine's really easy on Vanderbilt, which we've talked about before. I think they have to go undefeated in uh, non-conference play. For sure. That
1: that game at Wake, they have to win it.
2: Got to win the game at Wake. That'll put them at, you know, they got Vegas, which, you know, Barry Odom's out at, at UNLV now. Be interested to see how that goes with the portal and everything else. but. Uh, they start out at Hawaii. They play week zero, so they'll be out the gate here before too long. But um, 4-0 and in non-conference play will give them a chance. I think they'll be more competitive. I think he's building as they go. All right, last last team. All um, jokes aside, I, I do think – talk about culture and stuff. You yeah. know, I think they are actually
1: – as hard as that job is, and it's a hard job, obviously. I do think they're building a level of culture there that they haven't had in a while. And – it's going to take more than culture, I realize, to win games. I yeah. get it. But you have to have that at a place like that. You, at a place like that, you have to have a lot of synergy. And you have to have an administration that's going to give you a long time. And I think that one is. And I think they are building culture and synergy. And at some point,
2: I won't be surprised if they pull off a pretty big win that we look at and go, wow, did you see the Vanderbilt score? No doubt. All right, last one right here, Jeff. And then we're going to get you lightning round. And then we're going to get you out of here. We'll, we'll wrap okay. up the show. The Missouri Tigers. It's quarterback play.
1: You know they've got a pretty talented roster. Um, if you look around, they've got players in in all the different position groups. You got your boy uh, Chris Abrams, Drain, good player. They've got players sort of all over the place. I don't know that they have a proven guy at quarterback who can sort of put it all together. But if they do, if they get some quarterback play, I think they could be one of the surprises.
2: He wasn't good enough to play here.
1: You're talking to the wrong person. I didn't. I didn't stop it. I didn't do it.
2: All right, what you got? That one still bothers me. If you can't tell, from Spanish Fort. See, that's that. I got cut off on that one. That was Lane. That was Lane uh, cutting me off on that one. Wasn't good enough to play here. See, that was Lane. So I, Lane cut that one off. He's he he didn't want me to tell him that he didn't like the guy. All right, go. Well,
3: on. I spend a lot of time bashing their visiting locker room. With, uh, <laughs> nice people out in Columbia shut me off, man. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but I, I watched, the, literally the other day, watched the, the Missouri versus Georgia game. And, uh, you know, the takeaway from that is they play really, really hard. And, uh, you know, they get after it. They're not intimidated by what is arguably, you know, or not really arguably, the, they've won the last two natties and, uh, you know, the best team in college football. And they went toe-to-toe with them. And uh, so just, just excited to see what they can do uh, in this next, having that full off season. Under Coach Drinkwitz and see what they can do.
2: Yeah, I think probably the most untalked about team in the league, probably, and that deserves yeah. more talk. I guess. Yeah. They lost a lot of close games last year. You know, he's talking about that Auburn game when I mean, mm-hmm. the guy fumbles the ball going. I mean, that's literally drops the ball. literally drops the ball. Yeah. You know, a lot of close games, and when teams lose close games, um, that and they got everybody back, they're not that far away. So I'll be interested. I'm with you. Quarterback play has has got to be to take them to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quarterback to, play to, to get
1: to eight nine wins.
2: All right, Jeff. We're gonna do lightning round. We're gonna get you out of here, brother. I appreciate okay. the hell out of your time. It's been a blast. All right. So lightning round, beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. I'm with you on that. Truck, car or SUV?
3: We're a, we're an SUV family.
2: There you go. Gas guzzlers. I'm 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 on the team gas guzzler too is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh
3: I'm going to say I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, we actually had we actually had this debate July 4th down at the beach <laughs> and uh the the sticking point is if it's two pieces of bread or if the bread can be attached whatever. My argument was any kind of cased meat can't be a sandwich. So that was the part that I, you know
1: I've never heard
2: that, that was part my of the argument. argument.
3: I don't know that I want it. Um,
2: that's a, that's a good argument that I've never heard before. Is salami a cased meat? (laughs) Is bologna
3: salami though, by the way.
2: What about bologna? Is that a cased meat?
3: Uh, it is a cased meat. So a cased meat that remains cased. Okay. (laughs) There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. All right. All right. right. We're good. We had problems here. (laughs) All right. This is where my brain's at today.
2: All right, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok?
3: Uh, I'm going to say Instagram right now. Okay. Surprised you're not adding threads.
2: Yeah, I'm not there there yet. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Are you on threads? uh, Have they started it yet? As
3: as a passive observer.
2: Okay. They've started it.
3: Yeah, they started it. They did. Okay.
2: Yeah. I haven't looked at it. All right. (laughs) Barbie or Oppenheimer?
3: (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Barbie. I've gone to see it with my seven-year-old and my wife and hey. but as I'm there, I see two of my former players in the popcorn <laughs> line, the candy line, and I ask them what they're going to go see. And they're going to see, uh, you know, Barbie as well with their girlfriend. So if division one football players, I'm good. I can say Barbie.
2: <laughs> no, sir. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the uh... We're not doing it at the Siski household. It's against the rules. All right, here we go. This is this is a very appropriate McCrady and Siski finish right here. to lightning, okay. ghosts and aliens, real or not?
3: Does it have to be both, or can I split it up? However you want. Uh, I'd say, even regardless of what they say in Congress, I see aliens are real.
2: Even okay. If that
3: conversation did not happen. I was predisposed to think that aliens are real. Okay. Uh, ghosts. The older I get, the less I believe, um, except for how maybe either an alien or a ghost has affected the recording of this podcast <laughs> and knocking you off. I can't tell which one it's been, um, but ghosts know aliens, yes. All
2: right. I, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Maybe she's not listening. Uh, my wife informed me two days ago. She tells me that I'm not going to tell the whole story, but mm-hmm. she saw a shadow figure earlier this month. <laughs> Look, let's see, it's that ghost in there. It turned it off. All right. So she saw a shadow figure walk across the bedroom. Yeah. All right. So that's the ghost now messing us up. All right. Yes. So my wife sees it. She tells my, me- my daughter,
1: for your, for your notice, my, my, my middle child, my daughter believes that there's a ghost that inhabits her room.
3: Okay. All
2: right. So I can, we'll talk about other stories, but my wife informed me two days ago, she told me about a month ago she thought she saw a shadow figure, and I was like, "Oh, you're dreaming, whatever, you know, whatever." And then she informed me yesterday that she's seen it three more times in the last couple of weeks. Oh, you told me the one story. It's that it's since the that same, story is it same the story. same? Yes. Same. Yes. Okay. Sell the
3: house, brother. Sell the house.
2: I just bought it though. Anyway,
1: if that ghost is if if she's I'm right, okay if, if she's it, right, ghost. that ghost would accompany. Yeah, I'm good. To the next house, anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm good. I think it's attachment. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm okay Jeff's with like this guy. Never game. again. I'm never yeah. doing this again. Yeah. No way. Jeff, dude, I look, I you know how much I love you. I I think you're one yeah. of the, I think you're one of the best in the business, always have, uh, from recruiting to coaching, defensive mind. I cannot wait to see what's next. I was very uh I told you I was I was kind of I was wanting you to get back in it quicker. Uh but I know that uh because I know how good you are to the game and, and good you are to recruiting. And he's see, he doesn't even like what I'm saying about him. So he just he he dipped out again. He'll come back on and be like, "All right, bye this time."
1: That was Jeff. That, that was, was Jeff's you. No, that was you Jeff's was wife. That was Jeff's wife going, "Hey, don't rush him back." <laughs> yeah, don't we're rush him we're, back. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a season together. We're gonna go through a holiday season like
2: normal people just one time before yeah. he
1: gets back in. You're trying to rush him. I'm back. I'm trying to rush him back.
2: But no, I think I yeah. think whatever you decide to do next, I think it's good for the game. Um, I think you're one of the best in the business. Um, and it's not Appreciate just my you. my opinion. It's it's coaches everywhere's opinion uh, because of how you, how you go about your business and how good of a human being you are. And so wish you all the luck. And I appreciate the hell out of you that we finally got you on today.
3: Absolutely. Anytime fellas. I loved having you Jeff. Thanks.
2: See y'all. See you What a stud, man. What a dude. Yeah. He's great. That was fun. There's nothing else really to talk about. We got a bunch of stuff we can, uh, we can go over later. We got, but, uh, Yeah, we'll let this
1: PJ Fleck thing. I know you wanted to get to it. We'll we'll let this marinate for a weekend. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what uh, what comes of it. I have a, I have a fear that in this, I don't know PJ Fleck. Okay, yeah, I I, I don't know. Maybe he's the greatest guy in the world. Maybe he's the worst guy in the world. I don't know. Um, My concern is, when you read these stories in the environment that we have created in our culture today, yep, you are so guilty until proven innocent and even then by the time you prove that something's not exactly the way it was presented the damage has been done and the there's a there's a desire to go get virtue by removing someone i'm not saying pat fitzgerald didn't deserve to get fired did deserve to get fired i'm not there i don't know i just don't know that anymore anybody gets um What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just sort of due process.
2: Yeah. just if front, uh, For people, we'll talk about it on Monday, but it's front office sports. Uh, writer A.J. Perez wrote an article about the culture at Minnesota, a hit piece on P.J. Fleck. Read it. We'll talk about it on Monday. Uh, also, because I've been hit 47 times in the chat, we're just not going to have time today. Hit me up. You can email me, Twitter. I don't care. UFC 291. It, this goes into the subject of – we're going to have a segment every week called Things That Neil Could Get Two Shits About. Um, where we put golf and UFC, but UFC two ninety one great card this weekend with Gaethje and Poirier two uh, coming out. They're, they're saying Achilles on Burrow. Oh, if it's Achilles, he couldn't walk like that, huh? Oh, Kobe Bryant walked
1: to the other free
2: throw line and he did and that shot a free throw. I agree with that. I'm with you there. If it's Achilles, um, woo.
1: What do you even do in that scenario? I mean, obviously, you go from super. Bowl Where did you did you seriously see that? Yeah, it's 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 kind of on Twitter's medical people who are watching it say it looks like an Achilles. Oh, I'm gonna lose my mind. Someone says calf strain and or Achilles. He doesn't. <laughs> a- <laughs> a- well, no, he says he doesn't. He doesn't appear to want to step through on that second step, but could be just because of calf pain. We'll just have to wait on more news.
2: Uh- you can't do that to me. That's playing with my emotions. You can't go calf strain to Achilles tear. One he needs a Gatorade. The other one he's out for a year. That's come on, man. That's, that's irresponsible. I'm not reporting. cheering for it. I know, but I'm talking about that's irresponsible reporting. One, one give the man a Gatorade. The other the, give. An, well, a, there's a lot. But there, there's off. a
1: lot of people out here that are that are doing this. Uh,
2: who is who are the who's the Bengals backup quarterback this year? I
1: don't know because they got uh, Allen's
2: gone. Right. I'm gonna googling as we speak. Not that it would matter. Sure enough, I put Bengals back up quarterback, and it's one of the top searches on Google right now. How about that? Trevor Simeon. Oh. Good luck to you. Uh, it does say uh Brandon, uh, Brandon Allen. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know who it is. I bet you uh, if he goes down, I bet you our good friend A.J. McCarron gets a call. Oh, that would make some sense. Yeah, that
1: would make some sense that you'd want a veteran in there to, at the minimum, support whoever it is.
2: Is Mariota with anybody now? All right. So we got. He's going. I'm not going. I'm not going to say who you are. We have a listener of ours that is a is a. Uh, what's the way to put this? He is a medical professional that deals with athletes uh-huh. who listens to our show. He just texts me a tweet that says, "By distance video appears to be a right calf muscle strain. Doesn't appear to be the Achilles." This is a this is the non ACL side could miss significant training camp time and gastroc strains due to linger. So I'm going with my guy there. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a rough weekend if it's my man Joe Burrow. Yeah,
1: I will too because I I enjoy I enjoy the Bengals. It shows you too. It just reminds you that man you you can think in any sport right that you have this window wide open, and just because sports are so cruel. Yeah, that the window sometimes is not as open as you think it would be or that it should be or anything. You just never really know. And so when you have an opportunity,
2: you try to grab it that the, moment. The worst thing, we'll end on this, but the, wor- the worst thing that drives you nuts about all this stuff is football is a dangerous sport, right? And there's so many injury risks and all that stuff. And when you see a guy get like legit hurt, just running through a drill like a non-contact that has nothing to do with getting tackled that he could be doing, walking to the car or something. It just, it's just very frustrating, but it is what it is. All right. You got anything else, Bubba? Uh No,
1: I don't uh, appreciate everyone being with us uh, all week. We'll uh, this tentative Ole Miss media day is Wednesday, which is great news. So it won't interrupt with what we were doing. So uh, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of McCready and Sisky. Brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. I do want to tell you a couple of people that uh, also participate in sponsoring this show. Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, I'll have a hand raised, guys, uh, brought to you by Comer and Southern. It might be today. It might probably be tomorrow, but it's coming before the end of the week. Uh, it's hot out there. If something goes wrong with your AC, get in touch with the people at Comer and Southern. In Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, call, Southern. I'm call, sorry, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you're in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. And as always, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Until next time, take care.